listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Tuesday the 7th of December. You're listening to Recap made for you by Sharesies. And if you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Absolutely, and here's the disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hey, it's 100 episodes. Done and dusted. Well, almost. <laughs> yeah, we. this is, as you say, our 100th episode. How did I, that happen? I, well, I, we just did a ton of podcasts. <laughs> I know, but it feels like just the other day that we sat down to record our first one and then I sort of blinked and next thing you know, it's 100 episodes. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> uh, yes, if you just tune in, this is our 100th episode. We're so glad to have got here. It's been an absolute treat and it will continue to be a treat, at least personally, for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before we move on to the stories of the day, though, just want to let you know that we have a special guest lined up to join us later on in the show. Can't wait for that. And because it is our 100th episode, we are running a competition to win a $100 Sharesies gift. And a really mint pair of Sony noise-cancelling headphones, but we'll tell you more about how to enter that at the end of this episode. I'm looking forward to that. Now, Alice, just before we move on to the latest news stories, last week we checked in a few times on the markets and how they were moving after news about the COVID-19 Omicron variant emerging. That's right. They were a bit up and down over uh, last week as different people said different things about the variant and as new information came to light about it. Yeah, so I'm just keen to check in on what the markets have done since then. Yeah, sure thing. Well, on Monday in the US, the share market uh, rebounded from some of its earlier losses with the the S&P 500 closing up 1.2% for the day and the Dow Jones Industrial Average closing up almost 1.9%. Now those moves come after Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is the White House's chief medical advisor, said that preliminary data on the Omicron variant is, quote, a bit encouraging, unquote. Uh, he did note, though, that more data is needed to understand the complete risk profile of the variant. And of course, we're still waiting on data and information from the vaccine makers to learn about the effectiveness of the vaccines against it. Yeah, I think from reports, we've got about another week before you learn a bit more information. But thank you very much, Alice. That's all good. Now, let's get into today's news. What's been happening locally, Jose? Well, this morning, Sky TV announced a revised and updated profit guidance for the year to the end of June. Right. So, I mean, I know what guidance is, but I, I'm sure that there might be some people out there who don't quite know what guidance is. Yeah, yeah. It's a term that we use quite a bit here on Recap. And guidance in the investing world means nothing more than a company's estimate of how it thinks it will perform in a future quarter or other financial period. Um, if you delve into uh, the public documents that companies provide for investors, you see there's always a disclosure statement or some other note that says that these forecasts are guaranteed. That means is that the you know the world is unpredictable. Things happen all the time. So when you're looking at a company's guidance statement, be aware and be prepared to do your due diligence. 
I concur. Uh, so going back to Sky TV's guidance, what are the details here? Well, Sky, T- uh, Sky Network Television, I should say, has upped its previous forecast. The company expected its EBITDA range to increase from between $115 to $130 million. Sky now reckons it'll land somewhere between $150 and $160 million. Uh, its net profit estimates also bounced up from $27.5 million to between $40 and $48 million. Okay, so so what's happened? Well, this all goes back to the annual Sky shareholder meeting in October, where it was announced that the company was starting a business-wide review of operating costs. And the guidance today is the fruit of that review, which pinpointed places in the company where savings could be made. So, for example, about half of the savings are going to come from being more efficient in its programming spending. There's also cutting on production costs and marketing as well. And interestingly, COVID-19 also saved the company money as they were unable to send commentary teams and crews overseas to events. Instead, they relied on uh, commentating footage instead of the real thing. However, despite all this, Sky CEO Sophie Maloney says they don't currently have plans to make redundancies this financial year. That's interesting. So what's next for the company? Like, Does this mean that they'll be cutting programming? Maloney says that the cost savings won't affect the service that their subscribers receive, uh, pointing to a recent deal done with Warner Media. They do expect to make further savings through what they call longer-term transformation initiatives. Details of what those might be are yet to be made public. 100 episodes. Uh, you know, Jose, I actually almost ran late to recording today's episode because I was too distracted doing BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> Trust me, it happens to the best of us. Do you at least have some some interesting uh, quiz results to share with us? Yeah, well, one was called, uh, let's see what percent Grinch you are. (laughs) And uh, according to these results, I may as well move to Whoville because uh, the answer, in case you're wondering, is that I'm apparently 75% Grinch. That's actually a really good thing to know because I was going to record a Christmas jingle to start using a recap as we sort of headed into Christmas. (laughs) But I guess I'll hold off off on that idea now completely. Yeah, well, apparently uh, that that would be a good idea. I don't want to set you <laughs> off, so yeah, we'll, I'll just put it to bed, eh? Yeah, but but anyway, how I actually went down that rabbit hole uh, is because I have some news about BuzzFeed today. Oh, so it is actually relevant. I did not expect that. So what's the news then? Uh, so BuzzFeed listed on the NASDAQ stock exchange yesterday in the US. Uh, BuzzFeed, of course, being the digital media company, you might have seen BuzzFeed articles, quizzes and other content pop up on your news feeds on social media. I know they pop up on mine, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. They definitely pop up on mine too. Uh, and BuzzFeed is also the company behind Tasty, which is a video series for food. Um, again, I, I also get those videos pop up. Uh Another thing about BuzzFeed, which I didn't actually know about uh, this until today, BuzzFeed owns HuffPost, uh, which is formerly the Huffington Post. Um, it bought that around a year ago. Mm, yeah, it's true. Uh, so tell me more about BuzzFeed going public. So BuzzFeed went public via a special purpose acquisition company or SPAC. Now, I know that we talked to, uh, just the other day on recap about uh, SPACs and what they are. But as a reminder, it's a special type of company that's already listed on a stock exchange, but doesn't have any operations. Uh, Its purpose is to basically acquire another company and by doing so takes that company public. And what happened with BuzzFeed? 
So in this case, the SPAC uh, is called, or was called, uh, 895th Avenue Partners. Uh, it acquired BuzzFeed, and when that uh, deal was completed on Monday, the merged company, now renamed BuzzFeed, began trading under the ticker BZFD. And how did BuzzFeed's share price go on its first day of trading? So the the share price initially spiked upwards, but closed down 11% for the day. Now that implies a market capitalization for BuzzFeed of 282 million US dollars. Now we often see companies raise money at the time they go public. Did BuzzFeed do that? So they raised around $16 million through the SPAC acquisition, uh, but that's actually less than what was anticipated. Basically, what happens is that a SPAC will raise money from investors before the investors know what what company the SPAC will acquire. Uh, Now, once a deal is announced, investors in the SPAC have the option to withdraw their money before the deal is finalised. So according to CNN, when the the deal with BuzzFeed was first announced in June this year, 895th Avenue Partners actually held around uh, $288 million in cash. Since then, though, many investors withdrew their funds, and that's how uh, $16 million was raised through this process. Mm, That's really fascinating. So why did BuzzFeed go public? Well, Jonah Peretti, who is BuzzFeed's co-founder and CEO, said on CNBC's Squawk Box that going public will help put the company in a better position to acquire other digital media companies. In fact, BuzzFeed just acquired another media company called Complex Networks. Uh, That deal was announced at the same time as BuzzFeed's initial plans to go public and it was completed uh, within the last couple of days. Great. Thanks very much, Alice. It's now time for us to reveal our special guest for our 100th show. It's Brooke Roberts, co-founder and co-CEO of Sharesies. Welcome, Brooke. Yes, welcome, Brooke. Yeah, great to have you on the show. (laughs) It's great to be here for the 100th. I feel so special. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great to have you on. Oh, congrats, both of you too, and everyone behind the scenes who makes Recap happen. eh? 100's incredible. Turns out doing a podcast every day, you very quickly can smash those into triple digits. So if you're wondering why we've got uh, Brooke on the show, uh, she's not only here to class up the joint, but to also talk about the 2021 Shazies and Kantar survey. Findings from that survey were released recently and when they got quite a bit of attention. So it seems like a really good time to unpack all of that. So firstly, Brooke, can you tell us a little bit about the survey and why Shazies does it? This is like the fourth year it's been run, is that right? Yeah, this is the fourth year and Shazies has been going for just under five years now. But essentially why we do it is when we started Sharesies, before we even started prototyping or thinking what it would look like, we spoke to as many New Zealanders um, as we could or people based here in Aotearoa. And uh, from that, we learnt so, so much. And that's helped create what Sharesies is today. And so it's really important that we listen to people um, who are both our investors and using Sharesies to, you know, and then also understanding what Aotearoa wants. So, yeah, we had over a thousand uh people who aren't Shazies investors do this um, survey along with 685 uh, Shazies investors too. It's actually a lot of people when you sort of picture them in a room or something. So let's have a look at some of the findings. Uh, I think one statistic that uh, caught my attention was that there were more people who felt uh, sort of knowledgeable about the share market compared to last year. In fact, there was actually quite a jump, right? 
Yeah. And how great is that? An 8% jump. So um, last year we saw the people feeling confident about the share market was in the low 30s and now it's in the, you know, the high 30s. So um, that is really, really encouraging to see more people feeling more knowledgeable and confident about uh, investing and growing their wealth. And what also was really interesting too is that there's a massive, obviously, increase in that if they're Shazzy's investors. So around 61% of Shazzy's investors feel really, really confident um, in terms of understanding investing. One of the things that must have made an impact, I think, on the, on the, on the results here and the findings must have been COVID-19, right? Yeah, and we saw that last year too. You know, it, ha- it has been a massive impact on people's financial well-being. Uh, and, uh, but what we saw is that around a third uh, of those surveyed have become more aggressive with investing strategies since the pandemic. And what that means is, um, and that, that's with shares as investors compared to around 9% of the general population. So what that means is that people had time on their side uh, and were really keen to actively get into investing more and growing their wealth and investing in companies and funds. And we added the Australian Stock Exchange and US exchanges. And so um, seeing investing go there. We've seen more people feel a bit more comfortable with their uh, financial situation too. So around 46% of Aucklanders are feeling comfortable and around 55% of people based in Wellington are, with Whanganui Atara feeling comfortable about their financial situation. But that still says, you know, around half of us aren't um, in a situation where we feel really comfortable. Um, so yeah, we got, there's a lot of interesting insights around the COVID and it'll be interesting to track, you know, as, as the uh, bought, you know, our internal borders open up and, and also external next year, how this starts to change. Another finding uh, that's gotten a lot of attention is around property. Um, one of the, the findings was that just over a quarter of Kiwis don't want to own a property. Were you surprised by that number? Yeah, this was a big jump from 12% last year to over, you know, one a quarter of us um, thinking that home ownership isn't for us anymore. And I found that really interesting. And I think a, a lot of media outlets did too, you know, because it is quite a quite a big jump. And I, I think there's a few things that are contributing to that. One is that, you know, house prices are becoming more and more unattainable. Uh, it definitely feels that way. And, um, and also the process of going through um, home ownership, becoming a homeowner or owning any property is quite laborious and quite difficult. So I think there's so many barriers there that have um, that have made it less likely for people to feel like they can have you know property in their portfolio. Uh, but what I also think is driving this is, is and what, what you see with that increase in confidence in the share market is that people go well, actually uh, home ownership doesn't, you know, investing used to equal home ownership. That used to be what it was, you know, in the Kiwi psyche. And that's starting to change that investing can be, you know, it can be home ownership, it can be shares, funds, uh, you know, a range of investment options now. And so I think because that's opening up, maybe they're just saying, oh, yeah, home ownership is just one thing I could be doing to in order to grow wealth. And there's other ways now. Yeah, that brings us to uh, another pillar of a person's financial journey, and that's retirement. More people now think they need more money for their post-work life. Yeah, so 40% of Kiwis uh, believe they need over a million dollars in order to retire um, comfortably. And that actually aligns with some recent research we saw out of Massey University where they said uh, if you want to retire in one of the main cities, you need 800000 on top of your KiwiSaver. And if you're in more of one of um, our regions, you need around 500000 on top of your KiwiSaver. So... That's, that just shows the importance of um, investing in amounts you can afford early and building that, um, you know, retirement freedom. So, uh, yeah, it is quite a, a big change compared to last year too. 
Absolutely. And what do you think that tells us about how people are viewing retirement and investing? Yeah, I think what we're seeing overall is that there's a more interest in investing and in the share market. And and when what we've noticed when people are interested in investing and, and start seeing their money being put into work that way and developing their wealth, it starts helping you think about other areas of your money like budgeting or what does what do you want uh, your financial future to look like. And so it's really great to see that more people are starting to think about that and start to see that they might need some funds in order to retire a bit more comfortably uh, beyond their KiwiSaver um, if they've got that. And so it is great to see that we're starting to, I, overall uh, from this research, seeing that there's a, an increase in financial literacy overall. Sort of leads on to our last question. Um, what's been your key takeaways from this? One is it's so great doing this research and I'm looking forward to next year's and just seeing the change in our psyche here and uh, and and looking at ways that we sharesies can help improve financial empowerment for everyone and there's a lot in here that we'll take and build um, or take into account when we're building our product out even further. The big one really is that home ownership and it's like okay if people aren't thinking that uh, owning a home is, is for them anymore, how are we helping them develop that wealth for, for their future? episodes wow we once again thanks to brooke for joining us a link to ashizi's blog post about the survey going into more detail will be in the episode description should you wish to learn more uh, but before we go, here's the details about the competition we're running to celebrate our 100th episode. Yes, as we said, you can win both a $100 Sharesies gift and a pair of Sony WH-1000XM4 noise-cancelling headphones. These are very, very mint and I'm coveting them quite a bit, I have to be honest. So to go on the draw, head to our Instagram, which is at NZ. find the giveaway post, uh, it has Jose's cute dog rooster in it, and leave a comment answering the following question. What investing news story or trend did you find interesting this year? Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing some of those answers. The competition closes midday on Friday the 10th of December, so don't dilly-dally. The winner is chosen randomly, but we might read out some of the more interesting comments on Friday. and We'll announce the winner on that show as well as on Instagram. Best of luck, all the links will be in the episode description. And that was recap for the 7th of December. Thanks so much for listening. You can give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like to get in touch. Our email is recap at sheezies.co.nz and you can also leave a voice message. There is a link in the episode description. And we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Matiwa.